Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. Uniting coaches at every level of the game, around the love of the game, we are United Soccer Coaches. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. Exciting times for soccer in the United States for sure. The U.S. women cruising along, hoping to win their fourth World Cup. Exciting times for soccer at all levels. And of course, if you've listened to this program, if you've got a pulse in any way on the heartbeat of soccer in the United States, there's long been a debate over the DA versus high school. What's right? What's not right? How much? Can you do both? Do you have to do just one? We've talked about it on this program. Today, we got a great take. I think you're going to love it. Vladimir Roganovich, who is the founder and executive director and coach for Puma FC, a club based in Overland Park, Kansas, which draws players from as far away as Wichita, has a great relationship with Brian Turner, who's the head coach of the Blue Valley North High School team right there in that Overland Park area. The two coaches talk. The two coaches go to the high school games, respectively, the club team games, respectively. Yeah, there are some players. Players that are DA, and that's all they do, but they found a nice working arrangement, and it's one that's worth listening to. And then putting a stamp on it, Rusty Oglesby is the advocacy chair for high schools for United Soccer Coaches, longtime soccer coach in Texas. The man's got great passion for what he does. He's got great passion for United Soccer Coaches. He's got great passion for soccer at all levels. A neat show today. I think you're going to enjoy it. And we'll start it after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to find out more. Now, once again, here's your host, Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. As you heard me just talk about in the open, excited about today's show because over the years we've had a lot of debate talking about the merits of high school soccer and also talking about the fact that the academies are really pushing kids away, almost making it mandatory not to play high school soccer. There are people that sit on both sides of the fence. We've had them on this program today, a very special relationship where we've got an executive director, founder, director, and coach of a great club in Kansas, Puma FC, talking about Vladimir Roganovich. He is that executive director, founder, director, and coach of Puma FC. And then also Brian Turner, now in his second year as the head coach of Blue Valley North High School for both the men and the women. And Brian has done an amazing job keeping tabs on his players with the club team and also working with Vladimir to say, hey, what can we do? And the synergy's there. They're both with me now. So we start by saying hello to Vladimir Roganovich. Vlad, thanks for being with us. Hi, Dean. Thank you for having us. And Mr. Turner, thanks for being with us. Hey, Dean. Yeah, thank you. 
pleasure. Yeah, well, I like that. And let me just first, uh, and I said it already in the open, uh, a little bit more of the qualities of these people. Starting with Vlad, you're talking about a guy who actually played professionally over in Serbia, was part of the U-17, U-16 team, and then came over, wanted to come to the United States to get a degree. He did that. He's in the Hall of Fame at Columbia College, where he's a four-time All-American, went on to get his master's, and coaching is his passion. He's founded this club. They're going to celebrate their 10th anniversary coming up this year, actually, or 2020, right? Is that right, Vlad, in 2020? Correct. In yeah. 2020 summer, yeah. Awesome. 10 years as he founded it uh, with Rob Millian, and, and at one point, Jack Jewsbury was also involved. A lot of folks know him. And then Brian Turner, what a story he is. You're talking about a mechanical engineer whose passion overtook him, decided to leave all that behind, become a high school coach, and his dedication is unparalleled and, you know, both stories outstanding. So, all right, Brian, let's start with you because as a high school coach, that is, uh, there's some challenges there, particularly with the academy and the requirements and everything that's going on there. So just talk about first your take on why high school soccer is so important for young men and women. For sure. So I, I believe that high school is so important just in the sense that Having the amount of people, the fans, your friends, um, all those people there coming to your games, you know, day in and day out, whereas in club, you know, uh, not saying that you don't have that same support, but a lot of it's just the uh, the parents there. Um, and just being able to play with people from different backgrounds and different uh, club experiences and learning how to come together for, you know, a four-month period to try to get the best out of everyone and and lift that, uh, you know, state championship. Uh, it's just something that, that I can't explain. And one quote I saw on Twitter was that, you know, everyone remembers their last high school, uh, everyone remembers their last high school game. Uh, and I know for me playing high school and club, I do not remember my last club game, but high school definitely stings and, and sticks there with me. Staying with you, Brian, how hard is it to try to work with players to say, yeah, you can do both, and have you had to lose some players because of the academy route? Yeah, uh, so in, you know, going into my second year, we do have, I think, three or four uh, players on the boys' DA side that do not play uh, at the high school um, we also had, I know, one girl that did play DA that came back um, came back to high school to play when I took over. And there's another girl who plays DA who is coming back as well for her senior year. Uh, so it's, it's so important, I think, to, to get these, you know, these soccer players and especially players at that type of caliber to represent their high school because, uh, you know, to me it's just it means so much more and just playing the games, it's it's representing the school, and and I just think it's it's such an important part of development and growth for the players to to learn that in that three four month period having to come together, um, you know, for that one cause. I, I just think it's it's so important that we can try to work with those club. Uh, coaches and DA coaches for the development of the kids, if anything. You're hearing the voice of Brian Turner, the head coach of Blue Valley North High School. We're also here with Vladimir Roganovich, who is the executive director, founder, director, and coach for Puma FC. And as we told you earlier, came over from Serbia, where the notion of playing high school soccer isn't even there because you're already thinking about a pro when you're about 12. So from where you sit, Vlad, first off, 
you know, high school soccer, probably not the biggest thing on your mind. Talk about uh, how you've grown to appreciate high school soccer, despite maybe sometime it contrasting with what you're trying to do. Well, absolutely. I mean, first of all, I did not grow up playing high school sports. Everything is uh, club connected. So just like you mentioned, as a little kid, uh, your dream is to be a professional player. So you forget about everything else. You just focus on that. So being in the United States, at first, when I started coaching, um, I really did not understand the whole high school. And once I learned how uh, coaches within the high school programs are mostly professors, even lowered my my opinion on on, co- on uh, coaching soccer, um, you know, wasn't wasn't that great if I could put it that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I as I kept living in the United States, as I started meeting people, as I started talking to kids of the importance of high school, I started realizing what that actually means to them. And, you know, being an athlete that represents your high school, it's it's very important to the kids here. So that's kind of how I started really uh, looking even, even deeper into high school programs. And, you know, I'm seeing a huge change in um, coaching within high school programs and Brian is one of one of uh, those people where actually there are true uh, soccer people becoming coaches within high school programs. Yeah. So in my opinion that's a huge change and, and, and I'm looking forward to see um, even you know bigger pro- progress in, in, in that environment. Yeah, I want to get uh, more into how you guys have been able to sort of unify and talk about uh, players that are able to do both. And before I do that, though, Vlad, obviously you just heard uh, Brian talk about the four DA players that don't play high school. What is, what is your sort of concrete statement on the notion that if you're in DA, there is no high school? You know, it's a question that obviously everyone in the United States is, is talking about. And to me, at the end, it comes back to individual player and what are they looking for. Um, players that are looking to play professional soccer, um, I completely understand them really focusing uh, just on the club scene and making sure that they're following the path that um, U.S. soccer created with, with DA programs. Players that, you know, and, and they're just like some of the players that are going with in, in Brian's program, they went the a route, then they realized that that's not what actually they really want. I believe that kids in the United States have so many opportunities outside of soccer, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of them are choosing now not to go the a route and continue playing high school because they're still recognizing they could, they could still play uh, college with their scholarships and still be very successful, but at the same time, uh, not to lose the valuable social part that they, that they have by playing with the high school sports. Because I know all the DA kids, uh, their traveling schedules and everything they're missing, you know, for me, as somebody that grew up that way, I completely understand that was my choice. Uh, now, kids here, like I said, they have so many choices and opportunities, so I understand the ones that decide that they um, do not want to have their route. And to be honest, there's a lot of kids that uh, start DA, they get their scholarship, and then they're like, you know what, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to finish my high school and play last two years because I already set, I know where I'm going, and I'll just not enjoy with my friends. 
Well, that coming from the executive director and founder of a club, Puma FC, based in Overland Park, that draws players from Lawrence, Topeka, even two hours away as Wichita. And I got to give you credit, Vlad. Not only was that uh, eloquent, it was very noble. So I appreciate that answer. And speaking of noble, Brian, I touched on it a little bit. I mean, you're a mechanical engineer working for the Naval Academy, and this bug to lead these young men and women took you in. Again, before we talk about how you connected with Vlad, talk about this passion that overtook you. Uh, yeah, it's um, I think a little of an uncharacteristic uh, story. So I uh, I'd start with you know I did not play in college, um, which was you know to this day probably my only regret um, in life. But either way, I graduated as a mechanical engineer and took my first job here in Kansas City uh, with Honeywell and. While I was here, I you know was at work one day and I just Googled high school soccer in Kansas City and found like 20 high schools and just emailed those coaches asking if uh, they had room for another coach on staff and you know it ultimately came down to uh, Aquinas where I decided to work for uh, and I was there for six years as an assist varsity assistant and then my last year a JV head coach. Um, and while I was there, I also transitioned jobs to do some contract work for the Navy as an engineer. But, you know, it was last summer around this time, um, I was told that my contract wasn't going to be renewed. And, you know, at that point, I had, you know, was at a crossroad of do I want to go back into corporate America or do I want to really pursue my passion with coaching? Uh, and I decided to choose coaching. And, you know, I, some people call me crazy for doing it. I still probably say that to myself, uh, transitioning, especially for the uh, the salary wise, from an engineer's salary to now a high school high school coach. It's uh, it's been a bit of a, a lifestyle adjustment. But I tell people that you know every day I wake up doing what I love to do, which is being around the game and coaching or setting up meetings to grow my, you know, my business with the one-on-one -on -one training that I do. And, you know, I, I don't regret it at all. I, I think it was the right decision. And now it's, it's just been kind of cool seeing everything work out in, in a good way. All right. As you heard me say already, there's been kind of a divide. And a lot of times it's like the Hatfield and McCoys. We were talking about high school soccer and club soccer. And as I said earlier, I felt like uh, Vladimir Rogranovich gave a great answer there. And so, Vlad, talk about how excited you were when you learned that here is the head coach of a high school boys and girls team coming out to your games, maybe even your practices to say, hey, how can we work together? How can we help? I got to believe that doesn't happen every day for you. No, no, it doesn't. I, I usually, uh, since I coach high school age girls, uh, I usually during the spring try to attend as many games as I can and see my players play in all different schools. And honestly, when I, when I attend those uh, games, I never have the opportunity, even though I try a few times, to, to talk to high school coaches. And even when I tried a couple of times with certain emails, uh, it's usually there's this barrier and uh, not a great response as, you know, I believe that's, that's the culture that's been set for years. Well, I would say last season, it was towards the end of the season, uh, Brian showed up at one of my club games, and it was the girls actually who, t who told me that, hey, you know, our, our co high school coach is here. He's going to come and watch. I was like, wow, I would love to meet this guy. So after the game, uh, we met, we chatted a little bit, and, and that was it. But I was still very impressed that a high school coach actually came to the club game to, to see the girls play. Then fast forward, 
um, four or five months, I got an email from Brian um, where he explained what uh, moment of the season his team is. He gave me uh, direction every individual player of mine. Uh, so there's five girls on his team, and he listed name by name and where they uh, physically right now, where they in their development part, and you know what is he expecting from them. And then he offered for me to come to the games or training session uh, for for me to see them. And when I read that email, I, to be honest, I read it a couple of times, and <laughs> then I stopped everyone in the office, and I was like, guys, you got to come and see this because this never happens. And I was blown away. And you know, and and to be honest, I believe that I emailed back to Brian. I was like, I cannot believe that this actually happened. That the coach, you know, high school coach did this. So of course, uh, I made sure to to come to his practice session. And, and by the way, regardless of his and my relationship, uh, that you know now we are you know becoming really close and trying to uh, even work on some things together. But it was so impressive to see those girls who didn't know that I'm going to show up when they saw me at training session. I mean, they were just speechless and they were so excited. And then even the other ones on, on their team who do not play for our club, they were like, "Oh, I wish you know, I wish our, our coach comes to to our to our training session." But the point is that he actually. I really went into detail and care about his players so he, his team could be more successful. And that's kind of where him and I connected, where I recognized that he really wants to focus on individual player. And that's what you know uh, matters to me the most. Well, and Brian, you already told the story how you made this big leap and even had to change the way you live because obviously the pay is not the same. Why was it so important for you to send that email and make this happen and even do what Vlad did, go to their practices or games and, and check on how they're doing on their club team? The most important thing is, you know, just for the kids. And I think when, but when I took over as a head coach, so before I even coached, you know, these, these young ladies, they invited me to their games. And that was my first way to get to look at them and see, you know, how they were as players. So I jumped on that opportunity to watch their games. And, uh, and, and like Vlad said, you know, we, we met each other, you know, briefly then. And, uh, you know, during the, I actually have to, to give Ian Barker uh, here a, a shout out because I met up with him for coffee and he mentioned doing something like this is reaching out to the, the club coaches of my players. And when I went to my first convention in January, actually, I sat through a few of the high school uh, courses and that was mentioned in it as well. So um, to me, it's when I made this transition into coaching full time. You know, I, I had to, to treat it like a full-time job and a, a full-time profession and doing the things like that, you know, that I know people typically don't want to do, um, I know that, that it goes a long way. And, and you know, Vlad and I have, have spoke since, and, and we agree that if our true goal is the development of these players, well, you know, it, it would only make sense that both of the coaches and their lives are, are working together and they see that. And, and, you know, Vlad brought up a good point that, you know, when he showed up to practice, so I, I knew that he was coming that day, but I, I didn't know exactly what time. And, you know, I'm in the middle of, of a session, and then out of nowhere you just hear, you know, four, five, six girls, oh, my gosh, Coach Vlad. <laughs> and then the whole training session at, at that point was just eyes turned on him, and, you know, it was like a celebrity walking up, which was which was really cool to to see that and you know I had coach or ladies were like hey uh did my coach respond is my coach coming and uh you know it was cool to to see that one that they were interested in that but then two to see 
you know, that the other club coaches were, you know, were making attempts to, to try to come out or to come to games. Definitely appreciate the shout-out to Ian Barker. He's such a unifying force uh, for United Soccer Coaches. And, and with that, Brian, as you now soak in Vlad's initial answer before we talked about how you guys are collaborating, when you heard the executive director, founder, and director of coach of this competitive club drawing players two-plus hours away give kind of an open tab to high school soccer it's got to make you feel pretty good it was it was awesome i mean vlad is is someone that is is very well respected in the in the soccer community here and you know he's he's been here for for much longer than me so when i moved here i you know i didn't know anyone but you know the the names of the the people up top and he was definitely one of them so to now be you know six years later full circle where you know, we're we're chatting and, and he knows who I am now. It's you know, it's just really awesome to to I guess, you know, maybe have his respect in that regard. If it all works, Vlad, particularly with your great background and Hall of Fame career as a player and then founding this club that has had great success at the end of the day, I gotta believe, Vlad, you consider yourself American now. It if it all works, it means that the U.S. team is pushing toward winning a World Cup sometime in the next 100 years, right? It's all part of, of making the U.S. as well stronger, right? Absolutely, yeah. I am an American citizen. Uh, I do uh, still cheer for Serbia. Always <laughs> well, so I'm just going to make sure to make, point that out. But absolutely, I mean, in my opinion, you know, creating the A program and, and, you know, improving coaching, actually all the coaches all together, uh, they're trying to provide, you know, uh, coaching for the kids and players. Everything that we're doing here, it's really to uh, get to that goal of the United States winning the the World Cup. And uh, yeah, it takes time. Absolutely, uh, is it doable? Absolutely. And I think people that don't believe that shouldn't be in this sport, in both club or or, or high school um, um, environment. But um, I I think that you know. Now I'm kind of changing the subject a little bit, but in order for the United States to get there, um, kids really need to watch soccer and play soccer and breed soccer much, much more than they are. And they are, and it's happening. It's definitely happening. Uh, just as you can see now with, with, with Women's uh, World Cup, I know so many kids that they're actually in front of the TVs at home and, and watching games, and they're... Uh, you know, their parents are sending me videos of what they're doing and what they're trying to mimic. And that's the key. Can we see these players on the t- on TV? Can we get out and mimic what they're doing? Because that's how I grew up. That's how kids in South America grew up. And in order for us to uh, become, you know, superpower, uh, we need more and more and more soccer altogether. And you heard me say that uh, both of these fine gentlemen are indeed members of United Soccer Coaches. Uh, Coming up uh, when we're through here, Rusty Oglesby, who is the advocacy chair for high school soccer for United Soccer Coaches, which continues to open their arms to everybody, no matter what your gender is, what your religion is, what your ethnicity is. They open those doors. And Brian Rusty also said he did something similar uh, during his days as a high school coach. That's got to make you feel pretty good with him being the advocacy chair. That is awesome. And it, uh, I mean, it just shows that, you know, the, the stuff that, that we're doing, and especially that, that Ian's been helping me out with, is all for, uh, you know, the overall development of players and for coaches as well to, you know, hopefully get us to, 
to not only winning another Women's World Cup, but bringing home the men's for the first time. Final thoughts uh, from both of you on how it just maybe works better if the high school coaches can have some connection Mm -hmm. with the premier clubs in their area. We'll start with you, Vlad. In my opinion, I think getting together just like Brian and I did, you know, potentially even um, through United States Soccer or through... um, Ian Barker actually is the person who could actually start something amazing here where we could connect even more at the club uh, slash high school scene. So it's really communicated between each other is uh, a key. And if we put players in front of us first, uh, everything will be easier. And I think everybody will recognize that that's what's best for the players. And that's the best way to go about it. And your final thoughts, Coach Turner? I just think that in order for for the high school and club, you know, coaches to to work together, I think we both, you know, need to put away the egos that are there. Um, I was speaking with uh, with uh, Ian and Michael earlier about this, but you know, I was a club coach uh, for six years prior to, and and I would, and I was a high school coach. So I would hear the contrast in the club environment versus the high school environment on what the high school is doing wrong versus what the club is doing wrong and vice versa. Uh, so when I was in the position to now be a head coach myself of high school and, and I've since been removed from club, um, I just knew that it was so invaluable to make sure that that relationship gets mended, at least on my end, that the, the club coaches know and the DOCs and executive directors know that you know, there's. I want to invite them into my training sessions. I want them to be out there and be a part of it because, uh, the the end of the day, I'm doing what what I can do that's best for my kids. Um, and you know, like I've said a few times, if if that's the true goal is the development of these players into soccer players or into just you know better human beings, you know, that's what I want to do. So I just want to make sure that whatever avenue I can travel down to do that for my kids, it's uh, I travel down there. Really, really neat. Really, really on point. Your answers were fantastic. Brian Turner, head coach, Blue Valley North High School. And Vladimir Roganovich, the Serbian superstar, Hall of Famer at Columbia College and the founder of Puma FC. I also want to thank Michael Knipper who got us all together along with Ian Barker and Rusty Oglesby. He's coming up next. It's the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Summer is right around the corner, and so are United Soccer Coaches Summer 2019 Advanced Diplomas. Take advantage of our advanced diploma offerings and challenge yourself in your coaching education. We offer residential or two-weekend formats to fit your schedule needs. Get more information or register for your next course at unitedsoccercoaches.org slash education. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. How about that visit right there with Vladimir Roganovich, the founder, executive director, and coach of Puma FC, and Brian Turner, the head boys and girls 
high school coach for Blue Valley North High School, collaborating with the top club team, players, visiting, watching the high school games, and then going and watch the club games, and basically getting rid of the Hatfield-McCoy sort of connotation of DA versus high school. I loved it. Particularly thought both of them were very articulate. And as we talked about during their interview, we're going to be joined by Rusty Oglesby, who for four years now has been the advocacy chair for the high school division of the United Soccer Coaches, a man who's been coaching high school for a long, long time in Texas. Great success. He's now at John Paul II down in Plano, Texas, I believe. An interesting career. Rusty Oglesby is with us. Rusty, thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you so much, Dean. It's such an honor to be a part of something like this. Anytime we get to talk about the game, obviously, women's national team playing. So anytime we get to talk about that and think that high school has a, a component somewhere in there that we're trying to continue to make relevant, uh, just really aids to our, our cause. So thank you so much for giving us this platform and opportunity to have this conversation. Oh, yeah, I love talking to you because I love your background as well because – you actually were a football player, and I love that because there's probably more soccer players that could be phenomenal kickers if they wanted to. But just talk about your decision to play college football and then Absolutely. how right after that you went right back into soccer. Yeah, I was very blessed. So I, uh, I, I have a very unique pathway. I grew up playing quarterback at Abilene High School, uh, which for those of you who don't know, if you've ever seen the movie Friday Night Lights with Odessa Permian, uh, that was my world. I actually am good friends with Gary Gaines. It was the head coach there when I was a former player. And so, um, so I grew up playing in front of 25 to 30,000 on a Friday night in, that, in, in West Texas and, and lived that whole world. And while I was doing that, I also had gotten into soccer when I was four years old in San Angelo, Texas, before moving up to Appling. Um And so I, I'd fallen in love with the game, but it was such a peripheral knowledge because Nobody knew anything. There were no Europeans to help us. It was a bunch of redneck dads who read some books and said, let's go do this. And we just loved playing the game of soccer. Um, I got really lucky. I uh, had a situation where my high school soccer coach was a gentleman named Randy Allen, whose teammate was Hugh Menzies, uh, who is now the head coach for the Jamaican national team. So I've, I've had an incredible path to know that guys like that came to Abilene, Texas, and taught me the game. Um, so I fell in love with it, and I had to choose, though, at that time, if you remember correctly, it's not like it was easy to do all those things together. Um, and at that time, I chose to go. It, really, there was only either SMU or Midwestern at that time. Recruiting in Texas was very difficult to find for soccer. Um, and so um, and we didn't have a true club organization at that time. So, you know, we played our $35 and had two teams in town for our age group, and then we all got together and either played at Abilene High or played at Abilene Cooper. So I had to choose, basically, and, and being an old West Texas guy, I chose to stay at Hardin-Simmons University. Um, the soccer team wasn't great at that time. And um, so I chose to be a kicker for the football team. And I uh, was very blessed with All-American my freshman year and actually played in 43 collegiate games and was all-conference all four years and just really had a wonderful time with it. Um, talked with a couple of NFL teams about kicking and different things like that and uh, – then decided to go ahead and start my real life and, and got out and uh, ended up landing a high school coaching job. And the, the reason I got the job was that, uh, at that time you had to be two-sport coach in Texas, uh, which meant you coached football and something else. Well, my something else, they happened to have a, a junior varsity position available uh, to coach soccer. And I thought to myself, you mean to tell me I just graduated and you're going to pay me to be around uh, high school kids and coach football and soccer? I thought it was literally the greatest thing that you could have ever put on somebody um so it wasn't a job it was something immediately for fun for me um and that started my pathway 
Um, I was lucky to coach under a gentleman uh, who has just been incredible for me, a guy named Austin Guest, who's in the, in the Coaches Hall of Fame here in Texas. And um, Austin kind of kicked me out of the nest the next year when a football job in South Texas and Beville, Texas came open. Um, that, that I was able to go down there and become the head girls coach for a year and then the boys um, passing game coordinator on the football team. And that launched my first year as a head coach. So since 1999, I've been a head coach in the state of Texas um, while loving football. And there's just not a lot of us like that around here. And it's really helped grow my career and put me in some different conversation pieces throughout my time at, in coaching. It's been fantastic. Now, are you just soccer now, or are you still coaching football as actually, well? I, I actually, when I went to John Paul II, um, have been very lucky. The head football coach there is a gentleman named George T. And if you Google George T, you'll find out uh, that he's the guy who knocked Terrell Owens off the star in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium several <laughs> years ago for spiking a ball. Yeah. And so George and I fell in love with, with having conversations about a lot of things in life. We see athletics as very much a, a holistic approach to young men um, and uh, loved talking to George and finding out until he was a sophomore in high school, he thought his path was going to go down the soccer field. Um, and at that time, he saw that uh, he also had an opportunity to go to a Division One school in Alabama. He played and was an All-American in Alabama and then went on to be a first-round draft pick of the Green Bay Packers. But his world was soccer growing up, similar to mine, and so we had some incredible conversations. And through that, uh, brought me back to football that I coached for so many years and I'd been away from for 10 years while I had uh, – you know, just kind of trying to slow my life down a little bit. And uh, George brought me back into football. And so now I'm actually the offensive coordinator for the football team again. And I'm also the head boy soccer coach. Wow. And in between all of that, uh, seven or eight years ago, you joined United Soccer Coaches, then took this advocacy chair. And before we get into the conversation that we just heard from uh, Vladimir and, and Coach Turner, talk about uh, how the doors open for you at United Soccer Coaches. Absolutely. You know, I was really blessed um, – uh, at the time, uh, I was coaching in uh, at Saxe High School and then moving into to Wakeland, and I had uh, my daughter was wanting to get into soccer. She was six years old, and I took her to day camp. I happened and met Shella Seinman through some coaching clinics, took her there, and that developed a relationship with Shella and I that, that really fostered through the years. And fast forward about seven or eight years later, and I was the president of the Texas Association of Soccer Coaches, and the very first thing I wanted to do was uh, following Shellis' time as a head coach at FC Dallas after he retired from SMU. He had a year in there where he was free, so I brought in Shellis and Barry Gorman um, to come over and be our, our head no, uh, headline speakers for the Tasco Fall Convention. That spring, I'd actually had the opportunity, or that early summer, uh, to go to Florida as a member of Tasco. We went out there and sent a, a group out there. And uh, through that, we met. We, we got to sit with Tony DeChico, and he introduced us to Lisa Cole. And Lisa and I hit it off immediately. And we had a late cancellation on a speaker, and so we brought Lisa in to do our goalkeeping clinic that week. And again, it just brought that relationship full circle. Uh, apparently, whatever I was doing at that time, Lisa liked. And six months later, she picked up the phone and called me and said, "Hey, I got I've got a new challenge for you. I'd love to talk to you about this thing we're putting together with United Soccer at that time, NSEAA." Uh, it's going to be called the Advocacy Council, and I want to have somebody like you who's not really been a part of the organization before to bring a whole new landscape and a new concept um, from Texas, and somebody just sees it a little different, and, and come in here and do some things with us. And that's what opened that door for me was just this incredible opportunity of just getting to know Shellis and Barry, and that led to Lisa, and um, and then here you go. Now, some years later, here I am kind of walking and having these incredible conversations with people like you and everybody else in the United States, just a, 
to think a little old dude like me from Abilene, Texas, could end up on one day running a situation of thinking that I kind of kind of help guide a pulse of what we're trying to do with the United States High School Soccer Federation stuff is just incredible for me. I love it, Rusty. I love your passion, and I love the way you articulate your passion. It's a unique trait. You're outstanding with that. And obviously now four years running as the advocacy chair, I mean, they're doing special things at United Soccer Coaches, making sure that everybody is included, right? Absolutely. You know, what the joy of it was, what we wanted to finally do was figure out, it took the first two or three years to really understand what are we doing? What is our mission? What are our goals? What are our objectives? And once we got that really solidified, then it was how do we get more people involved? And once we started realizing how to get more people involved, now it was, okay, now how do I take my high school group and take a, and this is the perfect pathway. I, I like to use this example. What if I have an um, a, a African-American coach who's a member of the Black Coaches uh, Advocacy Group who coaches high school, who coaches um that is also a member uh, that is also, say, Jewish and a member of the faith-based group and then also believes that we should have inclusion of all of our groups, whether that be uh, ethnicity or LGBT or different things like that. How do we get that person plugged in? And so now our goals through these last two years have been how do we reach across the table and do a project where our um, – our, our, our African-American groups or our Native American coaching groups could work with high school, who then works with the college group to get the pathway for a, a coach to understand everything that's going on. So it's just it's the, the levels now that are going across the board and across the table are incredible, but it's just so much fun getting to see how we're now plugging in with each other's groups instead of just being high school and thinking about only how do we make a high school group better. Now we're seeing – how do we make a high school decision that's going to work for all the other groups are involved? Or if I'm a part of uh, the faith-based group, when they make a group decision, how is that decision going to help with the high school and help with college and different things like that? So no longer are we seeing ourselves as self-sustained entities within the organization. Now we truly see ourselves as a fully flowing um entity that's just one with all these different branches reaching off of it. Rusty Oglesby, the advocacy chair for high school for United Soccer Coaches. Big picture question, and I was really intrigued by the answer from Vladimir Roganovich, who's the founder and executive director of Puma FC, when uh, he answered this question, and that is, you know, there's been a lot of debate even on this podcast about high school and DA. DA won't let you play high school soccer. What's your take on the DA versus high school debate. The word I hate the most there is versus. So, so, so I was a part of it in 2012 when they made the decision of, okay, we're going to draw a line in the sand and you either go left or you go right. Very hard deal. That day I had three young men in my program, okay, and, there were, and I believe that to this day there's still three types of groups. Number one was the one percenter, right? I touched the kid on the shoulder and I said, we'll never coach you again. You're too good. Go on about your business. He's now playing for Sacramento FC. Incredible young man. Played at Wake Forest. But he also scored the first goal for us as a freshman in high school in the state championships. So the kid experienced high school and then rolled into that and, and went on about his business was the best, you know, that best situation. The second kid was, hey, maybe you don't fit the high school game at all. You don't like it. You, you really have been waiting for this pathway. And so that kid goes his direction, right? And then the third one was the kid who was that marginal kid who was above average, who was an incredible high school player, but a pretty good academy player. And we thought maybe that kid's going to find his way back to us. So you nurture that kid and help guide him. So I still believe those pathways exist for everybody. So I quit using the word several years ago, versus, and I said, 
how are we all going to work together? Because there's still kids out there that are going to go this direction, that direction, or back to us. And how do we foster that love through all of that so that we remember through all these things as adults, if we all just shut up and get out of the way, it's still about the child. And we're still trying to give a pathway to a now 13, 14, 15-year-old kid who doesn't even remember what he had for breakfast and trying to tell them how to live their life. So I don't like to use the word versus. I like to use the word if we really believe in the holistic approach of the child and we move our, our thoughts from what an adult is thinking and what's best for the kid, there's always going to be a pathway for soccer in the United States for kids if we'll all just get out of the way as adults. I like that answer. And when you hear Vladimir Roganovich and Brian Taylor tell their story about how Vladimir was going to the high school games and Brian Turner was going to the club games and practices, and they reached out via email with with notes on how the players are doing, what they're working on, and sharing information, that's got to make you feel pretty good, particularly in your role as the advocacy chair for United Soccer Coaches High School. Absolutely. You know, the, the number one thing I say when people ask me this is, all we want in high school is a seat at the table. At the end of the day, that's all I can ask for, right? I want to sit in the room with all the other people having a say and just have our voice be heard. That doesn't mean anything's going to change. It doesn't mean we're going to get more support or less support or anything else. I just want to be able to go back to my constituents. If you think of it as a political governing body, at the end of the day, let's face it, this is all political when it all comes down to it. But at the end of the day, I just want to be able to go back to my people and say, here's the deal. I heard what you all had to say. I took it into that room, and I said my piece, and I can sleep at night knowing we had a voice at the table. That's really what it boils down to. Um, And then we have to keep coaching because at the end of the day, our world doesn't change, right, especially high schools. I mean, I'm a little more privy now at private school because I may get to pick and choose a little bit more. But let's face the fact that 98% of the high school setting is when that door opens, we get who comes to us, right? And that's where we're different than clubs or anything else. We're going to coach that kid, and that kid's going to come to us with baggage, and he's going to come to us with hurts and hang-ups and depressions and, and suicidal thoughts and, and poor home lives. And he's also going to come to us, or she's going to come to us, with beautiful faith-based knowledge, and he's got a loving home. We're going to have to mix all that together because that's what it's really all about. And so for us, it's how are we having that voice at the table? Are we being heard? And what do we have to do to continue to grow our voice so that we're able to move forward for the high school game? And one thing I can tell you about Rusty Oglesby, when it comes to soccer, he's got a big voice. He's also the general manager for the Denton Diablos and NPSL. And that's just another sign of using your voice, getting involved any way you can, right? Hey, man, I'm telling you, you know, one of the things I challenge high school coaches all the time is that you have two options. You can either step up into the world and do something with the game and help grow the game, or you can have the woe is me, right? And I don't believe high school and and club should ever be competitive against each other. You're you're exactly right. I should be able to call that club coach and any club coach and say, man, like one of my favorite times of the spring is when kids come in and say, coach, I hadn't been playing club and I want to get back in. I want to have that relationship where club coaches know that if I call them and say, I got a young man needs his home, they don't have to worry about a tryout. They know that kid's coming to them prepared mentally, physically, emotionally, and psychologically to play for them. But at the same time, you know, the other thing we have with coaches is we sit back and we go, oh, woe is me, everybody's taking my players, and blah, 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 blah. So I challenge high school coaches and any coach to get involved in something different, get out of your own comfort zone. So one of the coolest things that happened was a dear friend of mine, Chad Rakestraw, was named the head coach of the Denton Diablos. So he's at Flower Mound Marcus, has won a national championship at Coppell, Texas. And so he's the head coach, and I'm the general manager. And nothing makes us more proud than to sit in a room 
and listen to people tell us how we're not very good as high school coaches and, oh, the high school game is this and the high school game is that. And I say, you may think that's the case, but let me tell you about me as a general manager of a semi-professional soccer team. Let me tell you about our head coach. Now we're sitting here at 7-2 and two and ranked in the top 10 in the national rankings. Maybe we're not that bad. And so, again, I go back to if we can all put our stuff aside and get over these whole, hey, a title says I can do this and a title says I can do that, you know, the days, and I, I laugh about this sometimes with our guys here in Texas, because we think redneck is a is a, a, a dialect, so let me make sure I say that first. But we, we laugh and say, just because I don't have an English accent doesn't mean I can't coach soccer. Well, just because I coach high school doesn't mean I can't coach soccer. But we got to get to that point where everybody sees us as professionals and understands we got to do a better job putting ourselves out there and becoming more professional as high school coaches to be considered like that. Well said. And finally, as we close, if people listening right now want to get more involved with United Soccer Coaches, want to try to support your role as the advocacy chair for high school for United Soccer Coaches, Rusty, can they get a hold of you? How can people get involved? Absolutely. I tell you what, there's multiple ways to do this. First off, I tell you, download the United Soccer Coaches new app. We have a brand new app that just went out. and you can You can download the app, and on there is actually an advocacy button. You click on advocacy, and it's going to take you through everything. College, you're a college coach. You're a high school coach. Uh, you're a black coach uh, for Black Coaches Association. You're Native American. You're disability allies. You, you're uh, you're working all these uh, everything. We have it all on there, and you can click and do that. And when it does that, it's immediately going to send us an email, and you're going to get connected to us. And we're going to make sure you stay in touch. You can also call me straight up two one four five two nine two zero nine four is my personal cell number. You can text me. Uh, there or call me, or you can email me at coacho2124 at gmail.com. That's my personal email. I'm very open and honest at all times. I'd be loving to have you a chance to plug in, and it doesn't have to be high school. If you need to get plugged in with United Soccer Coaches in any way, shape, or form, any of our advocacy groups, that's what we're here for. We all believe in each other. We all want to work. I'm dear friends with every one of the leaders of those high school, or, uh, sorry, of the advocacy groups, and we would love to get you plugged in. And the last thing I tell you for sure is this. It, it warms my heart to know that we're having these conversations and that people are taking time to reach across the table in all the facets of everything we do. One of my favorite things to do is reach out to a club coach and then play our players, but I also love when a club coach takes time to reach back out to us and say, hey, I got a, I got a kid that you, you coach and, and I can't reach him, so what do you do at the high school? Maybe that you can give me some insight to this young man. And we're seeing more and more of those things happen. And when those things are happening, then we're doing what we're supposed to do as adults and as leaders of high school kids and and youth kids. And that's putting the child first and putting our egos to the side. So I can't thank those guys enough who take the time to recognize that from both sides. This man is good. Rusty Oglesby. He's Texas good, folks. He nailed it, as he always does. The high school chair for the Advocacy Council for United Soccer Coaches. Man loves it. You can feel it. Rusty, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Dean. I appreciate it, man. Anytime you guys ever need anything, let us know. And again, for all you guys out there, reach out to us about United Soccer Coaches and let's put you plugged into the United States. I want to thank Rusty. I want to thank Vladimir Roganovich, the founder for Puma FC, and Brian Turner, the head coach for Blue Valley North High School. I want to thank Michael Knipper, Sean Chevrolet, Ian Barker, all the good folks at United Soccer Coaches. We'll see you here, same time, same channel, two weeks from today for another edition of our United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Team Snap's awesome. I have five teams on Team Snap. There are no questions asked by the players, the parents, 
Very easy to use. Very, very, very easy. Simple to use. Everyone, you know, everything's right there. Messages, availability, boom, boom, boom. I've looked at other at other things, and I think Team Snap sets the bar for this type of team management software. It's the best that I found.